Punk's not dead, and neither is New Wave. Join Buzz and Ben on Static Rage, the Punk and New Wave album review podcast. Rockin' gals and rockin' ghouls and rockin' guys, we are back again on Static Rage, the punk and post-punk podcast. I'm Benjamin Lindsay, your host with the most, and I'm joined by Buzzalicious Buzz Will, the co-host with the most. And we are here to talk about a little bit of psychobilly tonight. How you doing out there, Buzz? I'm doing real good, man. How you, cat? How you doing tonight, cat? <laughs> this cat is like the one that ate the canary. I'm doing great. For those of you who are unaware, we are reviewing The Meteors, Wrecking Crew, an album that was first released back in 1983, although the version I listened to was in 2001, a re-release with a few bonus tracks. So I do not have the actual runtime. So the members are P. Paul French on vocals and guitar, Wolfgang Hardman on bass, and we got the... Hennis, who I don't know if that's his first name or last name, but he will be on drums. Are we sure about that? Because I have Wolfgang Hordeman listed as the drummer, not the bassist. Well, then I had it confused. My bad. Well, I I don't know. Um, But there's a website called Drummer Zone that lists Wolfgang as the drummer. But maybe they traded up. Who's to say? Well, I know who isn't to say, and if they contact us and tell us we're wrong, we're idiots, then we'll bow to that, and maybe we'll make it to this cast. <laughs> That's right, man. So you said you had some stuff that you wanted to get off your chest about this band, man. Go right ahead. So it's no surprise to people that know me that psychobilly is one of my favorite subgenres, especially in the punk music. So a couple things I want to get into. Um, this album we're reviewing tonight is called, the Wreck- called Wrecking Crew, and for those that don't know why they call it that, Back in the 80s, when this band got formed, there was a type of dancing called slam dancing. I'm sure some of, some people have have heard of that. Um, but it's also known as wrecking, and it's something that happened a lot of the early shows. So it's kind of like it's, it's moshing in a way for those that can't pick up on that yet. But most of the uh, fans are called the crazies, um, kind of like how well, one of their fans is the maggots, uh, you know, misfits, color fans, the fiends, etc. Um, so that's some things going on there. And this is going to be their second album in 1983, year before I was born. So let you people know how old I am. There's <laughs> also another slogan that's used by most of their fans. Um, it's called, Only the Meteors are Pure Psychobilly. Um, I'm not going to argue that, just because it really depends on what your opinion on that is. But the reason they say that um, is the Meteors kind of started that distinctive sound rather than the genre itself um that i might concede but i would have to say the genre itself and the term really come from the cramps and this style of music i would argue has been around since the late 60s with commander cody and his lost planet airman so maybe not the lyrical content but musically i'd say that um they push the envelope, but whether they are the only true psychobilly act, I guess I would have issues with that. I well, I agree with that. I agree with what you're saying. Um, and the only reason I, I've mentioned that is you will hear that a lot. It's usually a lot of good fun, man. It's and for those that don't know, they're not they don't take that seriously. 
they say it is like just like hey this is kind of our slogan our fans said it so yeah. we're gonna use it now and push it out um for those that don't know people for inches is actually a really cool fucking guy um he's actually quite intelligent if you've never heard him talk, heard him talk before and one thing that i always thought it was cool about their shows is they're one of the few punk bands that takes a very apolitical stance they don't like people talking about politics at their shows and they don't like people talking about religion at their shows of any kind or lack thereof they actually right. go off on a tangent if you come off as being too religious or too non-religious. So it's kind of cool to see them like go after people that are like your stereotype Southern Baptist or your angry atheist online that has to make everyone you know believe what they believe. Which is another 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 argument for another day. But it's just interesting if there's a band out here that does that that just tells everyone to fuck off and you're here for the music and that's it. Yeah, totally. And that's what we're here for is the music and to talk about the album. Um, this was your pick, so I'll let you go first. Just talking about what you thought about the album. So I'll jump in with both feet here. Um, so this is not the first Meteors album I heard. Uh, the first Meteors album I heard was actually um, it was actually a little bit later. Um, I didn't know who this band was during their prime um, because I the only bands I knew of at the time that were Psychobilly were, and they're not really Psychobilly, um, but everyone heard the Stray Cats, of course. Um, but there's a few other bands like Reverend Horton Heat and uh, Necromantics, of course, they're a big one too. I heard all these other bands, and back in like the late '90s, early 2000s, and I was like, "Well, this is pretty cool." I didn't know this, you know, this back of my learning about the subgenre. And then probably when I was about 18 or 19 is when I heard my first Meteors album, and it wasn't really a whole album. Um, I think it was one of their EPs. Um, but I heard it and I was like, wow, this is nothing like what I'm used to. It actually almost, if you've never heard the Meteors before, it almost sounds like their music could have come from the late 50s, early 60s. Um, the way people French plays guitar, it's very much that old style of of that 50s rocker, what you would can be, be a stereotype of it. Um, there's a lot going on with this if you're not used to it. Um, and they they tend to play almost... It's almost more rock and roll than it is punk. Yeah, I wouldn't consider this really punk at all. I think the subgenre of psychobilly fits it pretty well. Obviously, if they're going to claim to be the only true psychobilly, you know, even if it is kind of in jest, I do think that they have a real claim to the genre. I'd never heard them before. I'd actually never even heard of them before Buzz brought them up. So bonus or actually negative points for me for that because I, I like to consider myself you know fairly knowledgeable about these things and this was a, a huge lacuna in my musical knowledge of the subgenre when i went looking for the album and found it on spotify i was shocked by two things one to buzz's point this does sound much more like you know, rockabilly slash shillbilly, early rock and roll, whatever you want to call it, than I was expecting. The other thing that shocked me, mainly because if you look them up on Spotify, the icon that they have for them is like a rat fink Frankenstein's head. So I was expecting them to be much more lean heavier into the horror influence, most like the misfits or something. And there are elements of that there, and they might lean into it more on other albums. But for an album that has album or song titles like Axe Attack and Zombie Noise and Rattlesnake and Daddy, 
When a Stranger Calls, Phantom of the Opera, etc., they don't really lean that much into the horror tropes and use those elements to the extent that I thought they would. So both of those things caught me by surprise. So on my first album, listen through for the album, I really didn't know what to think, and I had to listen to it again to really begin to get a handle on this band. And that's something that I, a lot of people, their first time listening to them, they may not really know what to expect, and they might be kind of like your experience, like, man, what, what am I getting myself into? Um, one of the things that they do later on with their later albums, they do get more into the, the horror aspect of it. It never quite comes across as like a, a true horror band, like, say, The Misfits or Calabrese yeah. or anyone like that, but they still have an element of it. And that's why I'm glad you brought the cramps up. Um, because the cramps are actually referred to more gothabilly than psychobilly, although that can fit in the same way, and we'll talk about that at a later time as well. Um, but the cramps are probably a little more, I don't want to say mainstream, but more people have heard of them. And I think a lot of that is because in the States, you didn't hear a lot of the meteors. And that's probably why you may not have heard of them before. They tended to stay um, kind of in Europe. And yeah. you see this with a lot of psychobilly bands and this is something that i think comes up a lot in the different bands that are out there most psychobilly bands are european you do have a couple of american ones but they tend to be mostly european and it's kind of funny how americana had like sifted over there and gotten into that kind of music but it's not as popular here it's just always kind of made one of those things that kind of made me smirk and 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 chuckle a little bit that they actually took that into heart and are good at it if you will but yeah this um this is this is not don't go into this thinking it's going to be like the misfits you're hearing like all these horror punk songs it's not um no. even some of the lyrics like and on zombie noise there's not a whole lot of zombie references to it no this is almost it's not this but the way that they use horror is more in line with uh, like um screaming jay hawkins or something like that where it's flavor added on top of it to shock and outrage, not necessarily to the Alice Cooper or Marilyn Manson extent. And they don't take it as seriously as the misfits, but it's there. And I won't say that it's completely humor, but there is elements of it being an in joke. And that is another, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's another element that you find a lot in psychobilly. There's a lot of, tongue-in-cheek lyrics to a lot of these different bands and of course the meteors are no exception to this um the way they use horror it's not so much that they're using it as their main focus it's we're going to write this song and then we're going to add a little bit onto it but we're mainly focusing on 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 this musical content first and lyrics second is kind of how i always saw this band more than anything else um to me it's always definitely that band that they write they write down the music first and then uh paul french goes you know what i'm gonna start i'm gonna make some lyrics up for this song what sounds good here and that's in some bands you'll hear that's usually what happens um in some bands it's the complete opposite but i i definitely feel it more with the meteors in terms of psychobilly more than i do with other bands yeah i think that's fair without a doubt so are there any things about this album that you don't necessarily like only thing I really would have changed about this album, man, uh, truth be told, is I wish that they would have recorded it a little bit better, um, cleaned up a little bit of, of the back noise, but at the same time, that back noise also is kind of what makes it for me. 
um, you have a lot more reverb coming in uh, through the recording. So it almost sounds like part of this was recorded in a hallway, which I like because a lot of psychobilly, psychobilly, a lot of rockabilly bands have that where you can almost where the, the, the notes from the guitar linger a little bit longer than they probably should, almost like they're echoing. And that's what I enjoy about this type of uh, this genre. Um, and another thing that kind of didn't really take me out of it, but I kind of wish they would reel back on. Um, there's at least two covers on this album, and not that that's a bad thing, but I appreciate it more when bands do that later on rather than their early stuff. I will defend that a little bit because I think when it's early in your career, you probably don't have as much stuff written. So just to play devil's advocate on that, but I, I see what you're saying. To me, the things that I didn't necessarily like about this album, for one thing, there's just a lot of damn tracks. And hooray for giving your fans their money's worth. But on the 2001 remaster or re-release, there's bonus tracks. But even without those bonus tracks, this is a 14-track album. Each side has seven songs on it. This being Psychobilly, none of them are super-duper long, so you don't really have to worry about that. But I thought it was too much of a good thing. Um, the other thing is that this album kind of sounded dated to me in a way that most of the others haven't. And it's actually, other than the the Bad Brains and L7 album, it's the newest album of the ones we've done so far. So, which granted, they're playing kind of an older throwback style with the rockabilly. It is a little bit updated with the, the lyrical concoction that is Psychobilly. But there was something in the recording process that, to me, made it sound somewhat dated. And I, I almost wonder if that's on purpose, um, because a lot of their their later albums have much better uh, production quality. But I almost wonder if part of the reason I liked it so much is it felt like it was older. It didn't feel like it was a 1983 album. It felt like it was a, a 1959 album, and some dude was just like, you know what, I don't care about if any people play what I want, but I'm also going to play the solid music that's really popular right now. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Your mileage will vary on all that, of course. I just, I don't know. I, I didn't expect it to sound the way it did, uh, like I said when I, on that first listen. I knew it was Psycho Billy, but I didn't expect for it to sound as much like just standard old rockabilly as it did. And for those that have never heard this band but might be getting mixed signals from what we're talking about you most people if they listen to this band they either love it or hate it there are some people in the middle about it um but those are few and far between if they are in the middle they tend to lean heavily one way or the other all i'm going to say is if you like rockabilly if you generally genuinely like rockabilly or appreciate it you will probably appreciate this if your feeling on psychobilly is it's more punk influenced rather than rockabilly influenced you probably will not like this album yeah, if you're looking at the alchemical con concoction being uh, a punk and rockabilly, this album in particular, and I, I don't know about the rest of their albums, but this album in particular, I'd say is 85% rockabilly and 15% punk. It is, and that's um, – that's, and again, I have to go back to say that's probably why I like it, because it's different. It's not something you expect. Um, like one of the tracks on here – I don't worry about it. If you listen to it, 
it's it, it, and again, this is humorous things. It's not stuff that like literally happened to him. It's basically talking about how much he just does not care, and that's to me a very punk attitude. And you'll, yeah, you're of course your 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 mileage your mileage might vary on that, but you know he the entire point of the song is like I don't I'm not worried about this I don't care about it. And we'll point to says, I don't give a like about it, which I thought was funny because they're a British band. Um, and it's like, yeah, just I don't I don't care. I've been arrested. I don't care if I'm going to leave. I'm going to get up and leave. There's nothing you can fucking do to stop me. And it's funny because you find this in a lot of outlaw country, too, which is another genre yep. I think is awesome. Yep. And uh, me too. again, why I think I like rockabilly so much is because it, it combines rock and and country like that. And then psychabilly takes to the next extreme. It's like, well, why not just have rock and country? How about? Rock and roll, country, and punk, and let's right. add all three together. And that, to me, and we, sh- I, 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 maybe we might get into this band later with one of their later albums. But he actually, Paul French does have a solo album, and he actually does uh, two bluegrass covers, and they're pretty good. Nice. Um, yeah, and I would have to say that you know, well, you'll figure out how I, where I fall on that continuum that Buzz was talking about when we go to giving this grades. But as far as the musicianship on this album goes, uh, no knocks on that. You know, it sounded somewhat dated, but that's more, I think, akin to the style of music that they were playing. And don't get me wrong, I like rockabilly. Rockabilly is kind of the original rock and roll. I just, not exactly what I was expecting, but these guys know how to play it. I mean, if they're a three-piece band, you couldn't necessarily tell that they were a three-piece band. That's how good it sounds. And that would be another point I would I would make to people is if you didn't know that there was that the singer is also playing guitar. Uh, for those who've never tried playing guitar and sing at the same time, usually your singer, if he's playing an instrument, is doing bass or he's doing a rhythm guitar where he only has to keep up with like three or four chords. Um, Paul French is a really good guitar player, and he can sing while he does that. There's not a lot of people that can do that. And not only is he doing this, but he's going into solos at least tw- I'm going to say on average twice per song. Um, they may be very long, but like the fact that he just got done doing a verse and now he's going to shred into this, into his guitar and then pick up right when he's done, not lose any kind of rhythm and just jump into the lyrics without having to like take a minute to kind of to breathe and go, okay, cool. What's got to remember my lyrics to my songs now. None of that happens. And what I guess my takeaway from this would be if you just decide that you just do not like this is not you, this is not your band, you could take it or leave it. At the very least, I would say if you don't recognize them as good musicians, you, I, I, I would I would probably be like, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> yeah, it may not be your style of music, may not be what you maybe not be what you like, it may not be your preferred type of psychobilly or type of punk. But if you say they're not good musicians, I think you're either lying to yourself or you're just trying to come up with a reason why you don't like them. Yeah, uh, and to your point, everybody always gives Brian Seltzer credit for that, you know, being the lead vocalist for the Stray Cats and also laying down the the solos and everything, which I think most of the time, there might have been a time when they had a second guitarist, but I think for the most of the Stray Cats run, it was a three-piece too, until he went to the Brian Seltzer Orchestra and added a whole bunch of other musicians, Um, neither here nor there. But... The reason I bring that up is because I think P. Paul Fennick is a better guitarist than Brian Setzer, at least based on what I heard on this album. I would agree. And I've I've actually heard um, 
I didn't get to see the Stray Cats when they were younger, but I did see uh, Brian Setzer in concert uh, back in the early 2000s. Um, I was still in high school. He, uh, he, even though he was there with this orchestra, he did a bunch of Stray Cat songs. And for a dude that was like almost like in his 40s, that dude was a really good guitar player. But then you listen to the Meteors, and it's like, oh man, P-Paul's like shredding this thing. This is amazing. Like this is. This is not another guitar player. This is just him. And I, I want to kind of jump on this other point too before we get too far down. Sure. As far as far as their image goes, it's all I've always enjoyed this band because they have a very rockabilly image and it's very stereotype. Um, in fact, their cover on the on this cover, I think Paul French hat. Yeah, he's got his uh, his jeans rolled up like your stereotype '50s rockers did, um, which I appreciate very much another thing is for those that didn't know typically when you get this kind of music the people in it are very thin and i'm bringing this up for a reason and ben you are the uh you and i i'm 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 sure can we can say this in confidence we probably we probably we probably could do a more a few more push-ups and some running in our lives and probably lay off the uh lay off the beer a little bit but you know that's neither here or there i'm bringing this up for a reason um People Frank was a very chubby dude. Doesn't and, look very tall either, so that just no, he's not. enjoys it. Um, which actually might be why he appeared so chubby. I bring this up because in the podcast before this, um, you had a quote from one of your friends that you said, when ugly people made music, it was better. Yeah. Well, People Frank is not he's – not he's not a horrible-looking guy, um, but he's not what you would consider overly attractive. And on top of that, he's heavy set and a little chubby. This motherfucker can play guitar. Mm, I'm gonna tell you sure. right now, that I would, I would, I would rather go see this band than there. There's another like even some of the bands I like that are popular. I'd be like, you know what? If I, I'll fine, I'll say it. I'll say it right now. I'll, I'm gonna get some flack for it. If you have Slipknot playing on one one side of the road. And old Slipknot, not their newer shit. Like back when Iowa, it was still big in their first album. And the Meteors are the other side of the road. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna go to the Meteors every fucking time because I think that they are better musicians. And I know it sounds weird to a lot of people, and they're gonna argue that. I, dude, when you only have three people and you're making music that well, I would, I, I would much, I get more out of that than a stage show, if you will. Yeah, I'd probably go see the Meteors too, just because I think it'd be more entertaining. And, and that's all I get at. Not to take away from any other like band that I mean, I'm, 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 I, I, do, I generally do like some not, but any yeah. any band that I like, I that's why I throw that out there. And it's something I think people might not quite understand why I say that. If you've, you've never heard this band, you really need to listen to them. Then they do can lay down a track. Yeah, and if you want to get an idea of of what I look like, go Google Bam Bam Bigelow because I favor him quite a bit, and I'm about the same size. Uh, so. Dude, when I was when I was when I was playing football in high school, people called me Butterbean. So let me just put it that way. <laughs> I can see that actually. It wasn't wasn't quite that big, but yes. <laughs> well, I didn't imagine. But <laughs> I can't see that actually. So yeah, man. So let's talk about some of the the individual songs, uh, and, and I'll start off. And again, I think that there are too many tracks on this, only because of the fact that there are quite a few songs that I like. But on the balance, it's maybe half the album, because I did like I Ain't Ready, Johnny Remember Me, I think is a great song. 
Um, I don't worry about it. It's fairly good. Axe attack, zombie noise, rattlesnake and daddy. Really like that one. When a stranger calls. Great. Phantom of the opera. Really cool. Uh, but that's kind of, those are the real standouts and the rest of it all kind of blends into a somewhat undifferentiated mass of rockabilly for me. And I can see that. Um, so the ones that you mentioned, funny enough, are some of their more popular ones. Um, usually, I mean, when I can see I, why. if I bring up the meteors to someone and they haven't heard a lot of them, um, everyone knows Johnny Rem- Remember Me. And that's one of the covers I was talking about. And if, uh, if you've never heard the original, this one's actually very – it's sped up, but it's a very faithful to the original, um, which I enjoy. Yeah, it, it's not the same, but think of that cover Pearl Jam did. Right. It's It's – it's it's the way I would say that a cover should be. It's different enough to where you know it's not the original band. It's this other band doing their flair to it, but it's still very familiar to where it doesn't completely ruin the song. Um, totally. But another one that kind of that picks up to me too. Um, Axe attack, zombie noise, rattlesnake, and daddy. When a stranger calls, is fucking funny. When they first, the opening is just it's funny, amusing, and that's part of that tongue in cheek that that we talked about with this. Uh, with this genre. Um, Phantom of the Opera is good. I like Sick Things. Sick Things is a very slow song, but it's got a very cramps feel to it. Um, so if you've ever heard the cramps before, it's it's very bass-driven, but you have licks rather than outright guitar playing until it gets to his solos in it, which is why I appreciated it. Um, of course, Get Off My Cloud is pretty good. The fact that they covered Wild Thing, um, this is where... I had said in an earlier podcast when a punk band does a cover of a song, it's either really good or it's garbage, and they know it's garbage, and they're making fun of it. That's what Wild Thing felt like to me. It felt like they were making fun of the song. It, it, it really did. Um, yeah, I could see that too with Wild Thing, but also I'm not mad get off of my cloud medley that they did. I kind of feel that's the same thing. It is, and it's funny because Get Off My Cloud is, they play that at almost every show, apparently. Um, I've never seen them live, uh, just because they, I don't know that they've toured the U.S. before. I could be wrong on that, um, but I've never heard of them touring the U.S. I know uh, people are French lives in Italy right now, um, but he mostly sticks to the EU. But as from my understanding, they do that song closing. Like That's their like, the last song they always close with. On the remaster version, the song the original, I really enjoyed The Hills Have Eyes because that's one of those that's very specific about the horror movie. That's yeah. pretty much like if you've never seen the movie, listen to that song. That's that's the plot of the movie right there. So I enjoyed that too. Um, and I think a lot of this, because it's only the, it's their second album, um, you get that maybe they weren't quite there yet, like they were getting there. Um, like you said, with ha- the songs you mentioned out, like they were really on point, and then some of them were just like, oh, it's kind of just generic rockabilly. I think it. I think their fourth album is finally when everything came together, and they're finally like a good. I don't want to say they're a bad band now, but like they're finally like this well-respected band that can play a lot of stuff now, and it just took them like a few albums to get to it. Yeah, sure. I mean, I can see that. I mean, as far as musically, like I said earlier, they were very good on this album. Um, they might not have been there as songwriters yet till the fourth album. And that might be why there's the, the covers as many as there are on this album. It is, it is. Um, also, they are fans of older music. I mean, as I'm sure you could tell by the way they're playing it, but they all they they enjoy singing the songs they grew up on. 
um, which is why later on, and it, I might I might show you the link that too. That's uh, where Paul French has that. His solo album has like two of those bluegrass covers on it. He does them both justice, and he does a really good job at it. So just knowing that, again, someone can do different genres well. Now, maybe not great, but well. Um, to me, is just again a sign of good musician, and that that's what I have more respect for than anything else. All right, you ready so to grade this thing? All I was going to say, is there anything else you wanted to add before we get to the grades? No, I, I think I've said everything that I can think of to say about it. Cool. All right. Well, um, since this is your first listen through, I'm going to let you go first this time. Again, as musicians, top notch. No complaints about the musicianship. I like the, the little bit of tongue in cheek thing that they got going on when they do kind of lean into it. But with that said, the too many songs on the album, in my opinion, once again, I appreciate the fact that they gave their fans 14 tracks. That's great cost effect wise. And if you are more of a fan of this band than I am, you probably appreciate that more than I did. But I did think it made the album a little bit too long. I would be interested to see, to listen to other albums and evaluate them as a band off of that. But with this said, grading this album, I'm going to give it a C plus because the tracks that are on it that I like, I like quite a bit, but the rest of it just doesn't quite reach the heights to, to make me give it a higher grade. You know what this is, right? What's that? This is the this is the answer for me grading uh, L7 so negatively. <laughs> I guess so. I mean it that's is. not the the uh, the impetus for the grade, but I just I was sitting here listening to them like man that sounds like what I said about L7 a couple weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> so I have to be upfront. Um, I am a Meteors fan. Um, again, this is this is not my favorite album they did but I wanted to do this because there's a lot of songs on here that they play that do come up later on that are super popular. And if you look, look up on YouTube, you're going to pull them down and go, Oh, well there's yeah. Okay. That song's off this one. Oh, that this song is off that one. Um, and there's a lot, it's kind of like what we do with the Ramones. Like it's just, there's a lot that came from it. that come up later on. Um, so that's why I want to do this one in particular. Also the, the wrecking crew with the name, uh, that's something I wanted to kind of pull out as well. But with that in mind, let me get to my grading here. And this, again, I do I do two grades because I like to be difficult like that. Um, so from just what I would consider punk psychability, um, I guess following this, this would technically fall into post-punk at this point. Um, I kind of almost agree with you on the C+. I wish there was a, a grade between C+, and B-, because it would be right there in the middle. Um, if I had to pick one, it would be a C plus, but that's, uh, to me, it's more of how they recorded it. Like, I wish it would have been a little more cleaned up and I think it'd been a little more, a little more cleaned up for me. Um, I probably would have given it a B minus overall, but as from a musicianship standpoint, I am going to give it an A plus because again, if you've, if you listen to it and just decide, man, I just don't like this band at all. If you cannot at least agree that they're actually really good they're good musicians. I think there's something wrong with you. And I don't mean that to be negative towards someone who, who disagree. It's just like you, you really need to be able to appreciate music when you can hear it. 
um, because even some pop bands, as much as I hate pop music, there are some people that can play instruments that I'm like, okay, this person's talented. I give them props for that. And that's, that's how I feel about the meteors overall is I just, I feel like they're really good musicians that play what they like and just wish they'd kind of stepped out of the box a little bit with this album, but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if it's only their second album, I can kind of see why they didn't. But I agree. I think they are very good musicians um, playing in the genre that they like. And I bet live they're very fun and rollicking. So, yeah, I, I guess that's my coda to my grade is that if I had the chance to see this band live, I would definitely take it because I'm sure that they are amazing just the energy that they played with on record, I can imagine that on stage it's even twice that, if not more. Definitely. Um, and, and again, if you've, if you've seen, maybe if you're listening to this over the pond and you've seen them live, let us know, because I would love to know what a live show is like, because all I have to go by is videos on YouTube and word of mouth from people that have seen them. But for those that maybe are wondering, again, Go up on YouTube, type in the Meteors live, and just watch their shows. They're from what it looks like, they look to be very energetic, and it looks like those shows would be freaking awesome. I mean, it really does. Completely concur. All right, man. March is upon us, and that means that it is time for St. Patrick's Day. I think we might have to do something special for the entire month. Stay tuned and see what that is, listeners and. Have a good night and join us again.